Sometimes something is so significant that you just have to stop and record it. And I've been really enjoying a wonderful book about Timothy Keller, his spiritual and intellectual formation, written by Colin Hansen and published just before Keller went to be with the Lord. And it's opening so many doors of revelation. And this is a special recording. If you listen on headphones, it will sound like I'm speaking to you directly using um, something called binaural recording, because this is a direct message for you. I'm going to begin with Luke 24, one of the most significant stories in my own understanding of the Bible, on the road to Emmaus. And then we will directly quote some of the words of Tim Keller. So Luke 24 from verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? and do not know the things that have happened there in these days. What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things, and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And this has been a turning point for me to understand that there is so much for us to really glean from the Old Testament and the New Testament, but the Old Testament often is neglected. We can glean from that so much more about Jesus and about salvation history. And of course, Jesus reveals himself to these two brothers on the road to Emmaus as they approached the village to which they were going Jesus acted as if he were going further but they urged him strongly stay with us for it is nearly evening the day is almost over so he went in to stay with them when he was at table with them 
he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. You remember that Jesus said, you know, we, we don't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And here, that's happening physically. Jesus is giving the bread to them, but he's also giving them the word of God as something wonderful happens. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So here are some of the direct words of Tim Keller from his publication, What is Gospel-Centered Ministry? Jesus is the true and better Adam who passed the test in the garden, a much tougher garden, and whose obedience is imputed to us. Jesus is the true and better Abel who, though innocently slain, has blood that cries out, not for our condemnation, but for our acquittal. Jesus is the true and better Abraham, who answered the call of God to leave all the comfortable and familiar and go into the void, not knowing whither he went. Jesus is the true and better Isaac, who was not just offered up by his father on the mount, but was truly sacrificed for us all. What God said to Abraham, now I know you love me, because you did not withhold your son, your only son whom you love from me. Now we, at the foot of the cross, can say to God, now we know that you love me, because you did not withhold your son, your only son, whom you love from me. Jesus is the true and better Jacob, who wrestled and took the blow of justice we deserve, so we, like Jacob, only receive the wounds of grace that wake us up and discipline us. Jesus is the true and better Joseph, who sits at the right hand of the king and forgives those who betrayed and sold him and uses his power to save them. Jesus is the true and better Moses, who stands in the gap between the people and the Lord and who mediates a new covenant. Jesus is the true and better rock of Moses, who when struck with a rod of God's justice, now gives us water in the desert. Jesus is the true and better Job, who became a truly innocent sufferer, and now intercedes for and saves his stupid friends. Jesus is the true and better David, whose victory becomes his people's victory, though they never lifted a stone to accomplish it themselves. Jesus is the true and better Esther, who didn't just risk losing an earthly palace, but lost the ultimate heavenly one, who didn't just risk his life, but gave his life, who didn't just say, if I perish, I perish, but also, when I perish, 
I'll perish to save my people. Jesus is the true and better Jonah who was cast out into the storm so that we could be brought in. Jesus is the real Passover lamb. Jesus is the true temple, the true prophet, the true priest, the true king, the true sacrifice, the true lamb, the true light, the true bread. Thanks be to God.